0: Welcome to The Tim Valor Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of The Tim Valor Show, We will be talking about hitting a schedule every time with the help of special guest, April Bettinger of Nip Tuck Remodeling in Seattle, Washington. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show.
1: Once again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show. I really appreciate it. Keep the ideas coming and we'll try to get them on the air. So I'm guessing that the title of this podcast has got everybody thinking. So who in the world hits a schedule every time? So I think a lot of people are going like, there must be a catch. There must be something about this that is uh, not really true. So people are probably thinking, yeah, I know what they do. They set a schedule and then they just push it out. Every time something comes up, they just push out the date a little bit. And obviously... Anybody can hit a schedule that way. Or maybe it's just like there's another yeah, but. So it's going to be fun to hear uh, how they do this. But one thing's for sure, hitting a schedule is really, really critical for remodeling companies. So if you stop and think about it, there's the next client. So what do you tell the next client? You've already told them you'll start on May 1st or whatever that date might be, and What's it like to go back to them and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, our other job ran longer than we thought, so we won't be there till May 15th or whatever that, that is." Or maybe it's just a matter of producing the right amount of work for to pay for your overhead. So you, if you if you figure you're going to do 2 million dollars worth of work and you don't hit your schedules, the chances are pretty good you're not going to do the 2 million and therefore your overhead will cost a whole lot more as a percentage than you anticipated, or maybe it's just bottom line, the client satisfaction for your current client. Now, a lot of seminars that I do, I'll have lead carpenters and project managers raise their hands and go, but you know what, Tim, my clients love me. They love having me there. They love seeing me every day. And I just chuckle and I go, well, yeah, they love seeing you, but guess what? They love to see you go too. So they enjoy the end of that project. So, not too many years ago, I did bathroom installations for a company here in Rhode Island called Rhode Island Kitchen and Bath. And we would actually give the clients a schedule four to six weeks before we started the project. So, we always gave them a schedule before we ordered cabinets and fixtures and all those kinds of things. And then uh, they left it up to the project manager or the lead carpenters, what I would call them, to uh, actually make that schedule and then hit it. So I want to brag a little bit here before we let April brag a little bit. I want to brag a little bit. And I think I did nine bathrooms for Rhode Island Kitchen and Bath, and I hit every single schedule on the date that I projected and, you know, four to six weeks before we ever started. Now, part of it was that I just wanted to be able to brag about it, okay? So I figured the guy who talks about scheduling really ought to be able to say something about it, right? The other thing, though, that I think is really important is it's almost all about believing. Do you believe you can do it? And it's one of the things that I've seen uh, more than anything else is the people who say it can't be done never hit their schedules. The people who say I believe it can be done, they stand a much, much better chance of actually hitting them. So now I will confess right here that when I had a full-blown business in Maryland, we didn't hit schedules that well. So I've learned a lot over the last 20 years. So Steve, what's your experience with all this?
0: You know, there are a lot of layers to this and I'm very excited to talk to April. For me, I think it changed a lot as my business grew, but even in the beginning, It was a huge struggle. It was how I dealt with the uh, schedule itself uh, because there's not much room in the schedule when it's just you. There's change in scope. There's unforeseen. um, And then there's a host of symptoms that come with not hitting the schedule. So how did I combat that? I would be a little less – a little more vague about how long it would take (laughs) us but try to still keep the – Customer service high, uh, but I did set schedules at well, as well, um, you know, Gantt chart type schedule. But then in the middle, if we needed to change things but stay on time, that's where I kind of lacked. So
1: yeah, it's a challenge for sure. So many. So this is going to be exciting.
0: Yeah, excited. So for the past thirty plus years, April Bettinger has carved out for herself a respected niche in the construction industry. Her father was a custom home builder in the the area during the 70s and 80s, so she grew up watching and learning about excellent customer service and what it takes to build a high-quality project. Throughout her career in construction, April has held key roles in finance, budgeting, customer service, team building, and sales management, preparing her to own and operate her own company. NipTuck Remodeling was founded in 2010 on the heels of the recession with a vision and determination to create a construction company with extraordinary craftsmanship and a focus on professionalism. She is driven to make a difference in the construction industry and leads her company with vision and purpose. She is known to tell you like it is and approaches each and every person she meets with authenticity. NipTuck Remodeling is a member of the 2018 class of the Big 50, ranked number 50 fastest growing private company in 2018 by the Puget Sound Business Journal. Welcome to the show, April.
2: Well, thank you. So happy to be here.
1: Yeah, This is so exciting. So I, I just want to say to everybody that a few weeks ago I was in Seattle and, and April and I were just having a little conversation and she made this statement, we hit schedules every time. And I went like, bingo, podcast idea. So a warning to everybody out there, don't say cool things like that to me or you'll end up on my podcast. So uh, so here we go. So April, just give us a little bit of an idea about what your company is and the type of projects that you do.
2: Well, let's see. So I'd say we're a design build company and we specialize in whole house interiors with a focus on kitchen and bath. So there's an occasional addition. Actually, we've done two. They've turned out really great and on time, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) surprisingly. uh, Our average project, though, is around $200,000, and it's usually going to be a 12- to 14-week project. And we operate four to five projects at any given time simultaneously.
1: Okay, cool. So I don't know if anybody caught that, right? But one of the big deals with scheduling is knowing roughly how long your dollars will last. And just that comment that April made kind of offhand, like, okay, $200,000 represents X amount of time is one of the keys, I think, to her success. So give us the truth here, okay? Tell us the truth. What percentage of your jobs actually do end on time? with the idea that on time means that there will be some changes and change orders and that will change the original schedule. So give us the, give us the truth here.
2: Well, the hard truth is they actually really do end on time. We start and end on time every time. Uh, If I had to say the only time that we had to drag out a little bit of a punch list and I is an error that was Maybe a countertop had to be replaced or the floor had to be refinished and it was everything else was usable and done. But that would be really an outlier of an event. Okay. On one hand.
1: Okay, cool. So we've got the right person on the line here to help us with this kind of thing. So I guess maybe bottom line, who's responsible for the schedule and are using any kind of special software to manage that?
2: Well, in my company, so it's, it's twofold, I don't currently have a production manager, so I, I'm owning a, a good portion of that seat, but my estimator and myself actually manage what I call the master schedule, so that just means we're projecting out where the start dates are and who's actually going to lead each project. Uh, once we have that, then the project manager is responsible for creating and managing the job calendars down on the macro level. And... We're gonna use Builder Trend to manage all those projects in.
1: Okay, so you're using Builder Trend as your scheduling software and right. and and you have the project manager themselves actually doing that schedule. Now can you share a little bit about why they do the schedule versus the salesperson yourself doing the schedule to present to them?
2: Well, the biggest reason is they're, they're the one that's ultimately on the line to make that job come in. So formulating the job, the schedule, having true buy-in to it is critical.
1: Yeah. So I think that's really key. And the reason I ask that is I run into a lot of business owners where during the sales process, they're creating a schedule and then they simply pass it on to their project managers. And I've been a proponent, and advocate of letting the project managers do it themselves. And it's nice to hear that you're on my side with this one.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they're the ones on the ground with their feet going out there and have to manage
1: it. So it, it needs to be them. Okay. So there's probably several different or ongoing answers or points to this question, but what makes it work for you? So if you have to kind of boil this down, it might be two or three different points, but what, what is it that you think... Uh, makes it work where you're really able to make this uh, happen for every project?
2: Well, part of even what you said in your intro, and this is not by accident, you know, part of our mantra is on time, on budget, on purpose, and it's, it's purpose. It's four to six weeks out. And when you said that, that is exactly how far in advance our schedules are done, four to six weeks they're, they're done. So I think that's a really big one. And it's not just that they're done in a loose way of let's stick Joe out there for the week and see what he can do. It's every day, what is going to happen? Every activity or person moving through that calendar is identified, including your lumber drops, your fixture deliveries, whatnot. So it's really a lot of planning.
1: Yeah. So that's really interesting. So I want to get a little deeper on this detail thing because a lot of people will do a schedule and they'll go like, we've got four weeks of framing and they just block out four weeks and it says framing. So, you know, from your perspective, what are you guys doing that get, that, that gets that detail? And then I guess the other question is I I'm familiar with builder trend or co or projects. They're all very similar in the amount that we use them. So how do you actually get that much detail into a schedule?
2: Well, on a, on a 12 to 14 week project, we probably have, you know, we don't have four weeks of framing typically, but right. we would look at, uh, I'd say how we even estimate it. Sometimes you might be estimating that you have the structural pieces and maybe that's two guys for a week or it's three, three days for two guys. And then maybe you have the interior walls. So sometimes specifying it to that detail, have the project manager, he has to build it in his head. So he's thinking, about how he's going to, to discuss this flow with the carpenter. And so if he can marry it to the estimate, then
1: it's going to flow a lot better. Okay, so you're actually having them like, for example, on the framing side of it, you're saying, okay, break this down into smaller components. Put this yep. into like the structural part of it might be three days. And so we're going to block that out. And then the interior wall part might be Let's say four days. It's probably not on a on a, most of your projects, but but it's going to be four days. Therefore, uh, it's broken out into smaller components. Is that the level of detail that you get to?
2: Absolutely, and I think if you take it to a a real easy part of part of one of the secrets is at the end of every week. Say in Builder Trend, we have a Saturday note that might say goal, and it's a very brief goal, and it might just say. Goal for this week by Friday when we meet with the client, interior walls are framed. You might have a lot of other things going on there, but you have to specify at least the one thing or pivotal thing that you feel is gonna be done
1: and so you know you're on track. Now is that actually in the schedule itself on Builder yes. Trend? Oh, that yes. is that is cool. So I've said this a hundred times, well maybe only fifty nine times, but Every time I do one of these podcasts, I learn something. And I think that is a that is a golden nugget right there for me is putting that goal right there in the schedule so that it's visible to anybody looking at it. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it makes it so that when you meet with
2: a client on Friday, and there's so much going on. They have no idea. But if you break it down into the one this one goal, yep, if we're on time and this thing's done, then they're happy.
3: Are you running into obstacles running your company? Some of the most challenging jobs in leading a successful company are sales management, production handoffs, budgeting, marketing, and strategic planning. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, president of Remodelers Advantage. And if you like the advice you've gotten from this podcast, then you will love the Master Your Remodeling Business Workshop. There, you're going to get to meet and discuss your challenges with some of the most successful remodelers in the industry, many of whom you've heard on this very show. Over 2 days, you'll learn about remodeling sales systems at work, how to plan strategically for your future, how to improve your production efficiency, and even we'll even share hiring secrets from yours truly. And because you're a listener of this podcast, we're giving you $500 off the registration price. Just use this promo code TFS eight during checkout that stands for Tim Fowler show TFS eight during checkout and you'll get $500 off join us March 7th and 8th here in Baltimore just eight minutes from BWI airport to learn how to master your remodeling business visit master to register today
1: okay so that, so that's a, that's a big deal. The detail of the schedule really makes it work. Is there anything else that you can think of, like off the top of your head here, that really uh, makes this work for you? What makes it a success for you?
2: Uh, well, a couple of things. So one other thing that you also said that I completely agree on is this is how we do it.
0: This okay.
2: is, it's just how we do it. So anyone that interacts with our company knows that that's how we roll and that they have to be able to fit into this system.
1: Okay. So let me, let me just ask quickly, the current people that you have on your team, did they come to you with that feeling or did you have to help them get there? Had to help
2: them get there.
1: How did you do that? I'm everybody, all the owners and job managers or production managers listening to this are going to go like, I'd give, my left hand for that person. <laughs> how did you help them get there? Well,
2: uh, I'll give it as a good example. So I just hired a brand new project manager and okay. he started in January and this uh, this was not how he had operated before. So he had project managed, but never to the degree of of this type of detail and adherence. Okay. So now six months in and after running three to five jobs simultaneously he has become a raving fan of how how it flows if you plan it correctly because there are so many balls in the air that there's no way if 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 all the cogs didn't know where to go and that this is how we work it it made a lot easier for him okay Uh, and he saw it from example of this is how not to do it in the drama town so
1: okay cool all right so uh, what other kinds of things in your company help you make this a success, actually hitting these schedules on time?
2: Uh, well, I would say that the other thing would be it's all in the planning. I mean, 100% of any job executing well is before it starts, and I'm talking about a month before it starts. Okay. All the schedules are done. The, the products, everything is ordered. There's much no time, need to wait.
1: How much time does your project manager spend – Planning before the project starts. What I mean, in terms of hours, I know it might be spread out over three or four weeks of time, but how many hours do you think one of your project managers actually spends in the planning part part of this project?
2: I bet there's probably a good week worth of time invested between attending a trade day for half a day. So you okay. got trade walk, and yours maybe it takes you half a day or a day to vet out and really flow schedules especially if they're intertwining with another one okay um about doing all of the pre-planning and getting everyone organized schedule
1: yeah
2: um so maybe it's not quite a week but it is an investment of time and i willingly put the investment in there ahead of time
1: so uh, let me just clarify this because again people are listening in going you got to be joking are you saying they actually spend be close to forty hours of time on the clock doing planning for a two hundred thousand dollar project?
2: Well, as I just said, as I started talking it through, I think it might be closer to maybe it's three days. Okay. Full days.
1: Okay, but, but still.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Still, it's a lot of hours, and and that, again, as I talk to companies about this, they go like, "Who's going to pay for all that time?" and I. I try to tell them, hopefully you're telling them better than I have, that, uh, you know, the investment is well worth it.
2: Well, if you can get your gross profit to grow, your net profits up there, and your reliability and productibility are there, then yeah. it pays for itself.
1: So I know this is a whole team, right? And so give us a little bit of idea of how what your thoughts are on sales and design and how they impact the ability of your company to hit these uh, projects on time every time. So, what what role do they play in terms of? And, and I'm just going to leave it open like that and maybe follow up with a couple of questions. So, how does that work?
2: Well, uh, hitting a project, I, I don't believe it's the project manager's. He's the only, he or she is the only one responsible. It starts with me as a salesperson. Am, am I finding the right clients to bring in? I'm looking for people that are respectful of us and what we bring to the table and want professionals in the house that they can communicate. My design team is responsible for making sure that there's drawings that are readable, buildable, and specified, and that the head scratching that should happen out in the field has been thought about ahead of time. And then the project manager and his planning is is having to plan it out. So if all three of those things are happening,
1: our success rate is really a lot greater. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I've got four things I want to ask you about specifically that that challenge challenge the schedule meeting by a lot of lot of companies. So the first one is changes. How do you handle those in terms of the projecting the the extension of the schedule?
2: Well, the big thing about changes is I I really I do not like change orders. <laughs> I do not. So my business is not predicated on wanting to get more profit through change. Uh, changes are, they just happen. So we ask clients to think about the things that they would ask to change. The whole, we've been thinking that they do during the job. We ask them to do those that thinking before we sign a contract. That's, okay. A lot of those little ads can be cut off at the pass if you just, talk it through really thoroughly with them. Um, but then the ones that do happen during the time, the other part is allow yourself some, if you have a tight schedule, give a few bold days in there. We do that throughout our schedule, places where we know there's there's likely discoveries or problems or drywall didn't dry or we found dry rot. You know, leave yourself some wiggle room so you have some room to absorb into.
1: Okay, cool. Number two, client selections. How do you keep that from just disrupting the schedule?
2: Well, again, planning right in the (laughs) beginning. So when we go under contract, it's a little pet peeve on my team. The TBDs that are in the specifications list, it better be a paint color or a grout color or a knob and pull in our
1: world. So things are thought about beforehand. So basically, and you, you, I kind of skipped over this, but you had mentioned something like everything is purchased before you start the project and that sort of yes. thing. So, so that would, that would seem to indicate that all the selections are done with the possible exception of those few little things. Yes. All right. Number, number three design changes. So you're going through the project and uh, the designer goes out to the job and says, oh, no, 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 we want this to be this way. Or the client looks at it and goes, you know, this is really good, but I think it would just be really nice if it was like this. How do you manage that?
2: Now, that's probably the most challenging, and I'm probably just as bad as anyone at doing that. <laughs> to us, I'll go out there and say, what? No, this can't be. We need to change this. Uh, for the most part, changes that happen like that do not happen around products, which is where a lot of problems can happen. They actually okay. happen around the execution of the detail. How do things touch and how do they marry up? So okay. those are designed to myself, the designer. We're involved during the course of production so that we can try and head those things off. And um, I say it, it doesn't happen very often. We use chief architect okay. to, to view things before we start. So a lot of those I didn't know it was going to
1: look like that. are usually resolved. Okay, cool. So number four is weather. So I know I've been to Seattle a lot of different times. I know it only rains when I'm outside trying to go fishing. It's usually sunny when I'm inside talking a lot. But I know you have a lot of weather. And I know, too, I watch the weather here, and I go, like, they've got two inches of snow in Seattle. Everything's shut down. So how do you deal with the weather component and actually then still being able to hit hit your schedules
2: well up until this year i'd say you know we get two inches here and schools are closed it's snowmageddon but this year we literally did have snowmageddon we had yeah. two feet yeah. of snow for two weeks so yeah. it was a really a big test of our system and i have to say we had four projects underway at the time so real life example one project was a kitchen within a week of being finished, so it was all in that move-the-bus week of finishing details. And that one actually ended two days late. We had okay. three days of nothing happening and then five people on site. The other three, they were all going into drywall, and every single one of them did not budge a single day on their schedule, even though we had two weeks of, of weather. So I I attribute the team really getting back to that roadmap of the schedule so they could hit some pivotal places. Yeah. And communication of how to deal with it during the time.
1: All right, now I'm just sitting here dumb. Don't know what to say. <laughs> and and you know you you don't very often catch Tim Fowler with nothing to say. So uh, that this is incredible. I, yeah. I just so so basically what you're saying is that the team said um, you know what this is really unusual, but we still have to finish this thing on time. And
2: we did. Yes. Yeah. That, that's, I don't that's, know. I I'm just dumbfounded myself because it was a true test and it was real. I was really happy. Yeah. And
0: yeah. Tim, let me piggyback because I had the exact yeah. same question with the same four <laughs> questions on there, but to piggyback on the material, what about, um, and we're just throwing everything at you here, but the damaged material, uh, And do you have to have material in your possession to start? Because a custom cabinet that comes, it's taken six to eight weeks to, or even windows, you know, they come, they show up and they're damaged. Is there, you know, is there anything in there? Is there a clause of sorts or no matter what? It's still, how do you deal with
2: that? Well, that's, it's construction. Those type of things happen. So a window comes, it's the wrong size or it's scratched or broken. You put plywood over the hole and you you figure out how to get it back in there. Cabinets are specified and pre-ordered. Usually we have a three to four week process. If we have a really custom place where we're trying to fit a cabinet, we may order that later. But most of it is also ordered before we start. Just a, a, Measure three times and order.
1: (laughs) Yeah, make sure. So one of the things that I've noticed about myself and a lot of people in construction is, for example, if something is damaged and they call up a supplier and they say, you know, uh, I need this replaced, and the supplier says, okay, it'll be there in three weeks, we tend to say, okay, instead of saying, you know what, that doesn't work for me. And so what do we have to do to get it here in two weeks? Well, we're going to have to stop production on everything else. That's fine with me. Go ahead. You know. And so we tend to roll over and just let things take us instead of us really owning and and making sure that it runs our way. So I, I wanted to get down to probably one of the most important things about this, and that's client satisfaction. And so, can you give us any kind of a feedback on maybe some some ways that this has really helped in terms of client satisfaction?
2: Well, I, uh, my entire reputation, it feels is, is part of, this is part of our identity. Is, okay. Is having these things run smoothly. So for the client, um, uh, it, it puts them so at ease. So if, if I can only imagine if you, week after week, you go into this uncertain event and someone has Handholding you through it, they're giving you clear expectations. They're being accountable. They're doing exactly every day. It just happens like they said it was. How nice is that for a client, and for you as a project manager to show up, and the first words out of your mouth are, "Yep, on Friday, we're on track." <laughs> I mean, every time, that's our Friday opening sentence. We're and it's
1: track. and it's true. And I think that's the important yeah. thing that is true. A lot of people say they're on track until like two weeks out, and then it's like, oh we're not going to hit the deadline.
2: <laughs> well, and I think it empowers clients too, because you know, when they feel a little pl- powerless, this is not what they do for a living and their house is torn up. Right. And it's a lot of money. So for them to be able to have something that they can really glom on to, I, I printed out one quote that a client put, uh, she said in quotes, she goes, and the schedule was such a treat, treat in exclamation point with caps. She says wow. we're still in disbelief that a 14 week, Completely torn down to the studs, gut remodel, had a detailed project schedule that was accurate to the day.
0: All right, so cool.
2: It happens.
1: That's so really happy. cool. Really cool. So like I said, I learned something on every project. So I'm gonna publicly ask you, April, can I use this phrase on time, on budget, on purpose? Is that okay with you if I start using that? <laughs> <laughs> sure okay it's not, co- <laughs> it's not copyrighted or anything like it's such a great great phrase so as we start winding this up I, this has been really really good uh you you've shared a number of things that i've been trying to get across to people hopefully they'll hear this and they'll go like it is possible but maybe a little nugget little golden nugget something that you feel like uh would just kind of motivate people to actually try to make this happen
2: well, I'd say if anything else, there's a mantra I used to have on my wall. Fail to plan, plan to fail. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's really as simple as that. If you're deciding not to plan, you are planning to
1: fail. So in essence, we're talking it's in the planning, but it's also in the attitude that you have towards the execution. It's a, it's a have to versus a, a hope to.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's just this is how we do
1: it. Yeah, this is fantastic. I really, really appreciate you taking a little bit of time here with us, April. Exceptionally good information. And uh, I
0: hope to see you soon. Yeah, thank you so much, April. Thank you. All right, take care.
2: All right, bye-bye.
0: And Tim, this did not disappoint. I what I would say is that I think that uh every once in a while we just need to push our time. Just no matter what. <laughs> I know we have to be on schedule too, but man, yeah. I, I could talk for another hour because you know, there's so many symptoms of um of being able to hit your schedule. There's financial symptoms. You're gonna make the money you plan to make. Yep. And then you're gonna start the next project on time, which yeah. we didn't get into it, but I suppose that's the case with April. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you just have people that, if, I mean, without fail, if you hit the schedule, it, in terms of employees, you've got a motivated team. Current clients happy, next clients happy. I mean, it's it's uh, it's huge, and this was really eye opening for me, and hopefully eye opening for a lot of people uh, where this seems to be a real issue.
1: Yeah, I think the big, big, big deal that came out was this idea of doing it on purpose. And it 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 goes through everything that she does. You, you remember she said she had a project manager who started with her in January. This was not their impression, but the company changed him by, by having it as the mantra. It's part of what they practice as a company. I think the other thing that's really valuable to understand is that um, – they, they put a lot of planning into it. They, they do a lot of preparation and then they execute the project the way they planned it. And that's also a big part of it. And I think that's where many, many companies fail in terms of scheduling. What I do want to also say is that there's probably people out there leaning back and going like, yeah, 14 weeks, anybody can hit a schedule in 14 weeks. But if you take, the little pieces that she brought out for that 14 week schedule, and then you apply them to the smaller pieces of a six month schedule, it will have the same impact. You just have to multiply it a little bit to get the bigger project or the year long project. And so please don't dismiss the ideas, putting those goals right in the schedule, big, big deal. Breaking down the phases into smaller phases big big deal. Having that, yeah, we don't really have a choice. We have to make this happen. That's a big deal. And so there's little things that she brought out that if we're not careful we can dismiss them of oh that's easy. But take those pieces and apply them to those bigger projects.
0: Yeah, and another, I mean, I think you just said it before, but they made a decision that they were going to be a company that hits the schedule and that's, that's right. where it all starts. That's right. That's right. And for me, it, in many cases, I was so frustrated by some of the outside forces where right. I would be vague and say, listen, we're going to you know, be here yeah. and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll hope to be on time. But no, I mean, that's, that's just a huge piece of it all is to make the decision to hit the schedule.
1: That's it, man.
0: Well, once again, we would love to thank April Bettinger for joining us today. And thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And
1: folks, this is probably more apropos for this segment than any other time we'll say it. But remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary.
0: This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more.